0: hello and welcome to weekly mtg the only show coming to you from inside wizards of the coast metaphorically speaking of course because we all still live in the void that is COVID times but we've got some fantastic guests today if you've been following any of the magic fiction story for midnight hunt then you may recognize the names to this this side over here yeah yeah we did it uh, I've been doing this show for two years and I still have no clue on the orientations of any of this. <laughs> but we are joined by K. Arsenal Rivera, the author of the five main episodes of Midnight Hunt Story, and Shannon McGuire just below her down there who is the author of two of the side stories one of which we've already read and one of which is coming this week so we're just gonna spend the hour kind of hanging out and chatting with these two fantastic writers learning more about their process and the stories and and all that jazz uh but before we do that we got a little bit of news So, a couple things. The World Championship is coming up October 8th through 10th and if you want to get your cheer on you can find your champion now on magic.gg where you can pick the player that you think is going to win the event and then you can get some wonderful prizes on MTG Arena so all you gotta do is check out who's competing in the event. Pick the one you think you're going to win. Cheer them on, and then win some prizes. And of course, this is the roster of the 16 players who will be playing in the World Championship. Paul Orvietor Damadorosa is coming back to defend his title, but he, of course, is going to have a tough time against the game's best pros, which you can see here. Uh, and then. Finally, before we get to chatting, I also want to call out that uh, those who have been missing live magic events, today, Channel Fireball announced its uh, Channel Fireball presents Magic the Gathering Las Vegas, which is coming at November 19th through 21st. Uh, they're going to have a modern main event and a Crimson Vow sealed main event as well, um, both with substantial prizes. Uh, that event is going to require either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within, uh, I believe it was 48 hours. So head to uh, mtglasvegas.com for more information on that. We didn't have the fancy graph for that because they just announced it today. But all right, now let's get to the really exciting stuff, which is talking to our two authors. So uh, you might be familiar with their work on the Midnight Hunt story, but I'm going to let them talk a little bit about what else they've done and how else you might recognize them. So uh, Kira, let's start with you. How might people know you?
1: i wrote the ascendant series which starts with the tiger's daughter continues on into phoenix empress and the warrior moon on top of that i've also done some stories with realm uh, notably the shadow files of morgan knox the latter there being a 1920s eldritch horror set in a very diverse new york
0: very cool and uh Shannon, where my people know you from
2: So, most recently, I've wrapped a two-year run on Marvel's Spider-Gwen title. We took the character through her transition from Spider-Gwen into Ghost Spider, and then a thing happened, and uh, comic printing was disrupted for a little while, and so a lot of the lower-tier character titles got cancelled, and everything is very sad. Uh, I also write a lot of books, primarily urban fantasy, and I do the Wayward Children series, which I think is currently the thing I am most known
0: for. All right, very cool. So, you know, we've had other authors on here before, and they've all had varying levels of familiarity with magic when they come in. Uh, but I'm, I, I, you know, my geek cred is well established, especially in the magic realm. I've been playing for a really long time you two might put me to shame so when and where did you start playing magic or when did you learn about it uh seanan
2: so my first game of magic was in november of 1993 at steve Perrin's (laughs) living room table when he broke out a box of alpha and said let's play with this weird thing uh he was convinced it was a flash in the pan and and gonna go away uh but it ate my entire high school and then just ate the rest of the world (laughs)
0: Kira, what about you?
1: Uh, I, alas, have not been playing quite so long. I started uh, during Avicen Restored, uh, right when Dark Ascension had just come out. Um, One of my (laughs) guys in my tabletop group sent me an image of Avicen and was like, hey, doesn't she look like your paladin? I was like, yeah, she actually does. L- let me find out some more stuff here. Uh, so I got into it through there, fell in love with the story, and I've been playing pretty consistently ever since. Uh, I actually have the abyssin Restored set symbol as a tattoo.
0: Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's commitment right there. So, OK, so you're both fans of the game. So what was it like then, Kira, to get the call that we wanted you to write some of our stories?
1: Uh, I just about lost my mind. I think I woke both of my partners up, uh, in excitement. And it was funny because the email I got was like, we would love for you to write for Magic. Uh, we would love to tell you more about it, but we're so sure that we're going, that you're going to say yes to this, that we want you (laughs) to sign the NDA now and skip several steps. And I was like, yeah, sure. I could do that. You know, I was besides myself. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, it came in that it was in Innistrad and I just... Man, it was like
0: Christmas. <laughs> All right. What about you, Shannon?
2: I was initially mostly confused uh, because I work <laughs> in such an—I I know but I work in such an urban fantasy and modern fantasy space that there was mm-hmm. just an element of like, it's not like I go around proclaiming my fondness for this uh, franchise on the regular. I've got it, but I don't yell about it that much. Mm-hmm. Why are you? calling me did you mean to call someone else oh it's innistrad okay that explains <laughs> everything uh because you know innistrad is is basically uh the setting where i would be living and dying rather horribly uh in a magic universe we uh, we, we all die horribly oh yeah i mean the battle cry of innistrad is ah i'm hearing
0: volume
2: <laughs> uh, you know, it was the same thing. They they emailed and said, We'd love to have you come and write for magic. Why don't you write this incredibly terror why don't you sign this incredibly terrifying NDA? Uh mm-hmm. and then it took my agent like Oh like our is. Secrets. I've got NDAs I know. I've got NDAs with Marvel, with Lucasfilm. None mm-hmm. of them are as aggressive as this one. This is a beautiful NDA. That it's, makes me kind of like proud of our legal of team. NDAs. <laughs> you should be. Uh, but it means my agent had to go over it very carefully before I was allowed mm-hmm. to sign it. And meanwhile, the fiction team is like, hey, do you actually want to do this because we could change our minds. And I'm going, no, 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 no. <laughs> my accountant says cards will become tax deductible if I do this. Please let me. Um, so uh, that, that was a big motivator for my agent.
0: Uh, okay, so once you signed the NDA and came into the the secret cabal that is the Wizards of the Coast NDA Club, uh, what was the process like working on the story? Like, like what resources were you given? Um, yeah, w- where did the process go from there, Shannon?
2: Well, I got an absolutely gorgeous world guide with a lot of art and updates to explain where the story of Innistrad had gone since the last time that we visited the plane. You know how are things changing and what they wanted me to do because i was specifically being brought on for the side stories so these are the characters we're going to have you focus on and this is the basic goal we want you to achieve um i think it was a little bit less uh straight roady than it was on the main story because at the end of the day the side stories matter a lot but how much they matter is not always going to be evidently immediately apparent so they can mm-hmm. kind of afford to back off a little bit more and see if you hang yourself with the rope they've just given you uh so i it, squared some outlines and got those approved and then wrote to the outline um it's very very strict once it's done because you can't really deviate with someone else's ip but that's okay i generated what i wanted to do and my editors either said yes that sounds great or no that is a terrible plan and then put up with those questions like is Wren naked inside the tree? Uh, which, of course, she is. Why would she bother not being <laughs> naked inside the tree? But it meant I, I made my questions. poor lore master... Yeah, I made my poor lore master run it up the flagpole of, is Wren a naked planeswalker? Huh? Huh?
0: Yep. Like you heard five people first? sign off on that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so your, your first side story that has already been published was mm-hmm. a Ren and Seven story. Uh, can, your, your next one is being published tomorrow. Can you give the people a little preview of what it's about?
2: I am under the strictest NDA in human history and have not been given permission to even identify which characters it's focusing on. I will say that they are not characters that, as far as I'm aware, have appeared anywhere else in the, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the Midnight Hunt fiction so far, and it is a different color identity than Ren and Seven but since all I don't right. want the snipers to come for me, that's about it.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to thank our legal team. That was a fantastic answer. Uh, all right, Kira, let's, let's go back to you. Uh, what was the process like on your end? Because you were writing the main story, which I'm sure you were given beats and like this needs to happen and this needs to happen in this order. So what was that process like for you?
1: um you know that one meme from it's always sunny with charlie and he's got like all of the stuff on the wall Mm -hmm. and it's the pepe silva episode it was like that because i was given the same world guide that shannon was which really is just beautiful incredible as a magic Mm -hmm. fan it was such a treat to see it um but it was i got sent a beat sheet of things that are going to happen in the story and i was allowed to rearrange those as i liked Uh, so the first step was printing all of those out cutting them out and rearranging them into an order that i liked Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: one half in midnight hunt one half in crimson Um, Mm bow and what ended up happening with that is that midnight hunt ends up being very strongly arlen's story and crimson bow ends up being very strongly somebody else's story Uh, Mm -hmm. but That was the initial step. So just uh, putting that document together with all of the beats in the proper order and a little bit more context given for each of them, then writing through each of the individual episodes and copy edits and revisions through that. And like Seanan said, once you've got the outline, you just write very strictly to the outline. Um, Mm -hmm. I was given a whole lot of freedom in terms of making up incidental characters and uh, just deciding that werewolves on Innistrad uh, when they shift back, do not have clothes on, which gives us Arlen's little docky bag of clothing, which I thought was very cute. <laughs> so, you know, there's some discovery still as you're going through things.
0: All right. So, same test of your NDA. Uh, so, episode four for you just came out. It ended with the sun setting, with Arlen transforming um, after kind of a, a big werewolf battle. Give us a little preview of episode five.
1: Uh, episode five, well, uh, features a lot of stuff happening all very quickly, one after the other, and we'll get a definitive answer whether or not uh, Inistrad's whole situation with the knight will be resolved. Uh, I will mm-hmm. say some of the story spotlight cards that have already come out are also very relevant here.
0: Good to know. All right, so... Uh... Through your process, um, exploring the world guide, exploring your stories, Um, Kira, what were were your favorite characters to write?
1: Uh, My favorite character to write was probably, I mean, the one that I was most excited to write was Olivia, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been a huge fan of Olivia for a long time. I've had an Olivia Voldar and ADH deck for quite some time as well. Uh, But I ended up really liking Arlen a lot, the more that I got to write (laughs) her. Um, And the reason for that is Arlen is a werewolf, but she's also a very non-standard hero in that she's an older woman, and she's also a woman of faith. And I am not that old it was my birthday this week but i'm not that old and uh i'm also not particularly religious but what we do have in common is i'm biracial so uh my father's white and my mother's black and that was something that i was able to uh express and explore through the character of Arlen, what it's like to be kind of switching between two worlds sometimes and feel kind of caught in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really became fond of her as time went on because of that.
0: All right. Uh, and before you answer the same question, I just want to let chat know that uh, we are going to ask both authors uh, whatever questions, pretty pretty much whatever questions, don't go crazy chat, uh, you would like. But if you have questions for either uh, Kira or Shannon or both, uh, feel free to put them in the chat and we will start asking them kind of uh, as we go. So uh, Shannon, favorite characters to write?
2: So I, I literally just realized that uh, the Kira did the werewolf center story and has cat ears and a big moon and i did the dryad and i'm sitting here with the entirety of the seattle forest behind me so uh, wizards totally paid to upgrade our backgrounds that's what's going on here we absolutely um, did that. so yeah i i weirdly enjoyed writing to ferry more than i expected to the last hmm. time i had read any of the fiction with him in it he didn't have a sense of humor yet so uh finding out that he really does now was delightful and yeah. I, I got to do so much crash reading uh, which was super fun, but really my favorite character to write. I am literally legally not allowed to say the name of. So that's a super <laughs> great question to ask me. Thank you so much. I loved Ren. I got, Ren had never appeared in fiction before. So I mm-hmm. got to set a lot of how her voice works and things like letting her trees pick their own pronouns and uh, talking in weird proverbs from her home plane. And that was really pleasant. But I had more just. Sheer out, you are now living in a splatter movie fun with the character you will meet soon.
0: Very cool. I do love dad joke to fairy. Dad joke I know to it's fairy so good. So fantastic. Yeah. Uh so you you mentioned in there, uh, Sean, that you, you know, you obviously read some of the previous magic stories, and and I'm sure you've both read, you know, Kira, you said that you were a fan of magic stories since you started. Uh what were some of your favorite magic stories? Whether whether the old ones in book form or or some of the newer ones in on the web.
1: All of mine are Innistrad related. <laughs> um, I really liked the Geist of Saint Chaff story. That was the first one that I ever read. Um, so that really sucked me into the world to start with. Uh, the story that made me bawl like a little baby was the uh, Avicent's death story. I was emotional <laughs> over that for quite mm-hmm. some time. Um, and I also love all of the Gisa and uh, Garolf stories as well, especially mm-hmm. with the back and forth letters. Uh, mm-hmm. My novel, The Tiger's Daughter, is like 80% epistolary, so I'm I was all about it.
0: Nice, Jonathan. Oh, um,
2: a thing that my agent is regularly mad at me about is people will ask, what have you read and enjoyed recently? And I'll go, <laughs> I read, because if I'm not reading it now, I've literally forgotten it. I have rediscovered about eight times that Kira wrote The Tiger's Daughter, which was blurbed <laughs> and loved. Like, I really did. As soon as the title is said, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the book where all these things happened. And I loved it so much that I went on Twitter and was super effusive about it. But otherwise, it's just gone. All of that storage space in my head is taken Mm -hmm. up by My Little Pony names, uh, which is not super useful. But, you know, dating myself again, uh, as if saying the word alpha had not already done so, I really loved the non-cycle novels. Like, the Clayton Emery stuff was just super fun. Uh, I liked the Whispering Woods trilogy. I've more recently <laughs> enjoyed. I I know, I know, but I have more recently enjoyed the Strixhaven stuff. Um, I yeah. love Will and Rowan. Um, I've I've had a good time with the school because I like a good magic school, you know. Right. That's not currently on fire. <laughs> uh,
0: and Sean, you, you said something in there that that perked up my ears and made me remember something from when we talked earlier uh my little pony i heard that you have the third biggest my little pony collection in the world no north america
2: there are larger collections than mine in europe uh yep i i've already got i've always got at least one generation one my little pony in arm's reach this is boysenberry pie And I'm allowed to show her to you because she is part of the collective IP of the company that owns Wizards, which I really appreciate. Cross promotion. Uh,
0: This is, yeah.
2: Cross promotion. Woo! These are ponies that have absolutely no marketing value in today's world because they came out 30 years ago. But they have an entire room in my house. Uh, My most recent large purchase of anything was a complete Paradise Estate, which is the single largest playset ever put out for any toy line. It takes up an entire dining room table.
0: Jesus. And, and how do you know you're the the third? That's very specific.
2: Because I know the people that have the first and second. <laughs> and we we keep track. How many ponies do you have? How many accessories? How many playsets? What's complete? What are you missing? What are you looking for? Uh, you're not allowed to count customs, which makes sense. You're not allowed to count ponies that have been rehabbed behind a cert beyond a certain point. But, you know, we're nerds. We index everything.
0: Mhm. Yes we do. Um, so I'm going to, I've I've been taking some of chat's questions down to ask in a little bit, but this one is relevant right now. I don't know what I'm asking, but uh, how does JS Fields collection compare to yours?
2: Okay, so JS Fields does not have nearly as large of a collection as I do because they had to purge several years ago for space reasons. They were actually at my house this past weekend. Uh, I exposed their child to Magic the Gathering for the first time, and I don't think they're my friend anymore. Um, but they had to pick up some ponies they were storing in my in my house. Uh, Jazz Fields is another science fiction author. They are delightful. And uh, we bonded by screaming at each other about Generation One My Little Ponies at the convention dealer's room about 10 minutes after we met.
0: All right, this is going to turn into a My Little Pony stream, but this is what the people are asking. So we're, we're going to do a couple more of these before we get back to the magic questions. Um, how do you keep the ponies so well maintained given their age?
2: Uh, they have an entire room, which we are not in right now. Uh, but it has UV protective glass. It's got uh, hardwood surfaces. Everything is set up to preserve them. Because much as people are starting to discover with their older Magic the Gathering collections, if you don't keep things in the right conditions, they will start to degrade even with no human intervention. When you're dealing with something that is 20 or 30 years old, it's not just a collection. It's an act of preservation. So you are basically setting yourself up to be the curator of a very small, very weird, kind of pointless museum. <laughs> um So a lot of it is just knowing how to keep them, again, like with magic cards. Uh, I have a Tyvar Kell who lives in my purse, who is in one of those little single card holders that can survive being fully submerged or hit with a hammer. uh, Because it's the only way to carry a single card without risking damage to it. And yes, I did put it in water and then hit it with a hammer with a basic land inside to test these claims.
1: I think Tyvar would like that.
2: I think so, too, honestly. Yeah.
1: I used to carry an Abyssin in my wallet.
2: Yeah, no judgment. I've just admitted to having my emotional support planeswalker with me everywhere I go, so.
0: (laughs) Uh, Kira, related question. Do you have any collections of your own?
1: Um, Aside my magic collection, I also build Gunpla on the side. So uh, that's Gundam robot model kits Uh, so i do a lot of that i have a fairly extensive magic collection um and the other thing i've been getting into is fountain pen ink but i'm not sure if that quite counts yet i'm working on it though i'll get there
0: great all right well let's get to some more chat questions because you know we're there let's do it um yeah reminder uh put your questions for either or both the authors in chat and we'll start running through them Uh, So I'm just going to go kind of in chronological order, except for the the My Little Pony questions that were already asked. Um, So this is for both of you, and we'll start with Seanan. If you could pick two characters to team up for a story, uh, like Ren and Teferi did, who would you pick?
2: Uh, I am going to try and limit myself to magic there, because one, I know that the IP is safe to mention, and two, that is what we're supposed to be talking about here um honestly tyvar because he is my favorite he he just wins all out for me on the planeswalker side and he is so much fun uh and i'd like to see him get a bigger role in the fiction so i'd go with tyvar and rowan Kenrith, and just have them blow a bunch of stuff up because the two of them it would be like unleashing a horde of hyper sugared preschoolers on a toys r us (laughs) they would just break everything, because it would be so much fun, but it would be done with the best of intentions, and uh, they would stand in the smoldering ashes going, we just thought this was a white castle.
0: (laughs) Uh, What what is he like about Tyvar?
2: He is just a joy. If you read the fiction about all of the Kaldheim fiction, the fact that he is the first planeswalker we've met that doesn't seem to have a trauma for his ignition, he didn't notice becoming a planeswalker. That implies that however it happened, it was pretty chill. But honestly, anyone who has to be informed by, uh, by, by uh, I've forgotten her name briefly, which, Kaya. sorry. So many names. But anyone who has to be informed, dude, that thing around your neck is a Zendikarian hedron. You're a planeswalker in response with, what's that? Like, It's just my pretty rock. I like my rock. It's a good rock. Uh, just he is the ultimate himbo it took magic a long time to build him but he is now the synthesis of everything we want in that character type and he hasn't got a malicious bone in his body anyone who is too i'm not gonna say stupid because he's not he's not he's just not in his own head he is so in the moment that you cannot use doubt magic on him because it doesn't work tyvar's just like you want me to doubt myself no doubt is for people who own shirts (laughs) <laughs> and
0: that's beautiful. beautiful. I love that. That's amazing. We, I could hear you talk about Tyvar for the rest of the show, but I'm going to ask Kira the My same friends. question. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, who would you have team up for a short story? We'll, we'll stick with magic. Two characters you could have team up for a short story.
1: Uh, Liliana and Chandra, free square uh, as they say Uh, there were a couple of stories during the early Gatewatch period where Liliana was kind of just this terrible influence on Chandra and was just Mm -hmm. like her, you know, rich aunt who wants to spoil her and encourage her to do Mm -hmm. terrible things, all of that Uh, I want more of that energy. Liliana is my favorite planeswalker and she is extremely malicious and malevolent and I love that about her Uh, so any time I could write Liliana or really any of the Black Mana iconic characters, because um, I also really love Gisa and I would love to write Teza. There's a whole bunch of characters, but Chandra's also a lot of fun to write for similar reasons to Tyvar. She's kind of always in the moment, always moving ahead, and you can have her react to everything that's going around her and have her be very much like an audience surrogate in that way. Like, she can point out when stuff is ridiculous, but she's not afraid of it, which is pretty fun. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Uh, Next question, and Kira, we'll stick with you. If you were a legendary creature, what would be your creature type and what would your colors be?
1: Okay. Um so i know you can't tell on screen but i am only four foot nine so i think that uh i would end up a kithkin at this rate (laughs) uh kicking it old school just very very disturbing little creature um but if i got to pick color identity i'd want to be Orzhov. i think get some nice black Mm -hmm. white going i'm not sure what my effect would be maybe i'd have skulk or something kick people in the shins
0: All right, Uh, Sean.
2: So I I think everyone in this world has one or two completely pointless, tiny superpowers. They're not things that would ever make you an X-Man, but they are useless effects. I can get concert tickets to anything I want and I can move through corn mazes completely silently without being seen. If you go into a corn maze with me five seconds later, I have just disappeared. I'm just gone. (laughs) So I would be green, just straight up green, because I'd need Mm -hmm. to have access to an ability that no longer exists, which is Forest Walk. uh, Because if you put me in any kind of wooded environment or field full of head high corn, I'm on the other side of it already. I am improbably far away Uh, and probably (laughs) just an old school school cat warrior. You know, they were one of the better uh, small attack creatures with Forest Walk. And I don't think I'd be a legendary much as I'd like to be. I'm just on the other side of the cornfield, making your life unpleasant.
0: <laughs> all right, next question. Uh, we'll stick with Shaanan uh, at both authors. Uh, all the planeswalkers are running for president. Who wins your <laughs> vote and why?
2: I mean, honestly, I'm—I'm a—I know I'm a stick with Tyvar, though. Anyone who <laughs> wants to be president should not be president. And we've already seen from his relationship with Harold that he's not going to go for a leadership position. He doesn't want one. It gets in the way of hitting things with a sword. You know, he's kind of busy. So now he's president of the United States. And that's going (laughs) to end so badly for everyone, especially because his VP is going to basically be whoever figured out first that the shirtless himbo vote was going to carry the day. So it's probably President Tyvar and like Vice President Liliana. This is not going to end well.
0: (laughs) Kira?
1: I would vote for Kaya in a heartbeat uh, for very Mm. similar reasons. She probably would not want the position of president and would argue if you gave it to her. But I think that once she uh, was in the position, she'd take it very seriously. And obviously, she's very concerned with fairness and with oppression and, you know, making sure that people get their due. And I think Mm -hmm. I could dig that in a president.
0: All right. Um, the next question we got, I'm actually going to answer. Uh, what is the process of Wizards bringing on authors? How involved you in world building? How does the collaboration work out in practice? Uh, constant communication or more room? Uh, to the person who asked that question, we actually talked about that quite a bit towards the beginning of the stream. So um, I would encourage you if you tuned in late and want to know more about that to head it. It was probably about five minutes into the stream i would guess that we started talking about that um but yeah both uh, both kira and john had a lot to say about that uh next up let's go uh kira again favorite creature types uh
1: vampire probably top uh vampire and zombie i think i would say my two main edh decks right now are um i've got a mono black gisa deck i've also got an esper varina deck and i've got i'm sorry i'm sorry i play edgar markov i I promise it's not busted (laughs) i don't do the busted version but i do play him though
0: we forgive you that's okay shannon (laughs)
2: i really like frogs it is actually a little bit upsetting they don't have i don't like them in game necessarily but you asked for favorite creature types not most effective creature types and the fastest way to make me happy with you is to give me a frog card um so just frogs and turtles and alligators i'm building a swamp over here having a nice time with it it's another environment i can move through very easily oozes are also great i do love me a good ooze and i'm currently trying to put Mm. together an ooze centric deck because uh, we've got some astonishing oozes in uh, in Innistrad. Just really good smash-your-shit Sorry, smash-your-stuff oozes.
1: How do you like uh, the Gitrog monster? Have you accepted him as yeah. your and savior? I was going to say, oh, Innistrad's oh, been I very love... good to you.
2: Yes, the Gitrog monster and the, uh, the Omniphibian. Discovering those two was just like, this is a gift specifically to me <laughs> from Wizards. <laughs> Nobody else was on their mind when they did this. Just me. I know that's not true, but that is how I felt.
0: It might be. There are lots of reasons cards get created. Uh, let's stick with, with, in kind of the same space. I'm going to jump ahead to another question someone else asked, which is related. Uh, if you could add a creature type that does not currently exist in Magic, what would it be? Shannon?
2: It would be a long pause while my brain attempts desperately to reboot. I was going to say,
0: that, that's the first you've had to actually think about one of these questions. It's a stump yeah, up.
2: no, that is, there's also so many creature types just across the breadth of magic. And like I said, most of my storage space is My Little Pony. So, <laughs> um, gosh Baskets. This is tricky. Because <laughs> everything yeah. that I'm
1: thinking of is already a different creature type.
2: Exactly.
0: All right. Well um, then we've covered okay, everything. Wanna... Good job, us.
2: Yeah. We are victors.
0: All right. What we Fair win enough. is stumping the panel. Yeah, I <laughs> should look up who's who stumped the panel. You get a little little prize. Um, okay, this is a question specifically for Sean and although Kira if you want to answer it, you can too. Uh which my little pony character does Teferi act the most like? <laughs>
2: Okay, wow. Y'all are just really going for blending the IPs now. Um, You might as well, yeah. You might as well, I guess. Uh, So, honestly, probably Gusty, because Gusty's general response to the things that all of the other ponies are doing is to look a little bit baffled and go, what? And then make terrible dad jokes. You know, Gusty is not in for the antics. Gusty is, is in it to get through this quest and get back to doing what actually matters, which is generally recovering Dream Valley. As a reminder for people asking this sort of faintly malicious question in the Twitch chat, I'm a generation one pony person. None of the characters I name are going to be anyone you've ever heard of, and you will have no way of verifying <laughs> my answers.
0: I like, I'm just nodding. I'm like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Sure. Checks out. You could have just said something yeah. really coded and terrible and I'd have no idea um i did not <laughs> all right uh i feel like the spirit of this next question is for Shannon, but we'll we'll ask it of both of you uh who would win in a drinking contest chandra or tyvar <laughs> the audience <laughs>
2: uh, yeah the audience um so that is the honestly I know, I know, again, how this is going to sound, but it would be Tyvar because his single best ability, which is not reflected on his card, is that he can transmute himself into anything he is touching and takes on some of the attributes of that thing. So as long as he's drinking out of either unworked metal or glass, he's just he's not he's not getting drunk. Like, look at me, I'm a man made of bronze. I can do this all day, Ha ha. You know, if he thinks that's cheating, then Chandra might well be able to drink him under the table, but he lives in a land of mead halls and great boasts, so I figure he drinks a lot. Fair enough.
1: I'm going to go with a wild card here. I'm going to go with a wild card here, which is I think that Tyvar is going to be winning for the most part, right? But then it's going to come out that he's cheating. But by that point, Chandra's already plastered, so they're about to fight, right? Nissa walks by, sees what's happening, takes Chandra's place, and she outdrinks Tyvar.
2: Lest Nissa we forget, Elvirs Tyvar into the floor.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, fantastic answers. Uh, next question. This one is directly for Kira. Uh, you've been working on IP stuff for a while. Do you think you'll do original fiction again?
1: Yeah, um I'm actually working on an original fiction project right now. Um the IP stuff has been an awful lot of fun and honestly it's been a complete dream come true. But uh, I don't don't worry I am working on more projects about messy lesbians. Uh I've got one that I'm working on right now that uh It was a bit of a challenge to myself I decided to see if I could write a true love triangle where everybody is interested in everybody else, and also they're all villain protagonists and also it's all different kinds of enemies to lovers and what I've discovered in writing that is that I'm incapable of putting two Hot villainous women in a room without shipping them, so it's gotten very messy very quickly. But uh, it's been a lot of fun to work on that project, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still writing original fiction and I would love to publish more of it.
0: All right, great. Um, next question is back to magic questions and it's for both of you favorite angel art in magic. Uh, Kira, I'm gonna start with you because I I feel like your answer is pretty obvious. (laughs)
1: Judge Promo avicen easy.
0: <laughs> All right, Shannon?
2: You know, i it's not the prettiest art and it's not the most popular art, but I'm going to have to go with the Sarah Angel. When I was first playing obsessively, that was straight up the card that White had that could wipe the board for it. And mm-hmm. we had fist fights at my high school over who took an angel off campus. We only have seven, how dare you trade one to someone that's not in our pool you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's definitely not the prettiest. If I had to pick the best angel, it wouldn't even be in the top 10, but it's the one that has the closest place to my heart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, t- t- so next question, uh, it says more for Kira than Shannon, but you can both answer this uh, a little differently. Uh, so we'll start with you, Kira. Uh, did you uh, Did you approach the writing of Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow more like you would a horror story or did you approach it more like a fantasy story See we've
1: got a false we've got a false dichotomy here because the right answer is that it's a gothic in both cases um especially something like Crimson Vow which as we'll see Crimson Vow has I would say a much tighter setup in terms of location um and features a lot more of the classic gothic horror tropes but mm-hmm. For me gothic horror and gothic fiction have been a near and dear thing for many many years i love gothics i have pretty much all of my life so uh i would say i approached it more like one of those with this idea of there's monsters we're struggling against them what does that struggle say about us how do we keep the dark out uh stuff like arlen's grappling with being a monster is very reminiscent of the entire last section of dracula where mina harker has been kind of you know infected with dracula blood and is trying mm-hmm. to figure out who she is in that space so um for me i approached it more as a gothic i
2: would say
0: okay uh Shannon, what about you
2: you know given so so far, what you've seen is is kind of the fantasy side. Uh, it is definitely gothic fantasy, but every planeswalker sort of carries their own genre with them a little bit, mm-hmm. while moving together through this shared universe. And Ren is absolutely a, a fantasy protagonist. She is not going to be running around taking on your cyberpunk worlds, or even getting too deep into the horror side of things. Um, and then, later as i watch for the snipers you will get to see a bit more horror which is a thing i like to do i have a horror party coming up yay lots of horror i don't think i yes i am actively watching for snipers. i worked for marvel for years god they are vicious so um
0: (laughs) you're okay we have ninjas hasbro has ninjas not snipers uh
2: i don't like that idea So those ninjitsu will get you every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we've talked about the Hasbro ninjas for a very long time. You will not see them coming, sorry. Uh next up um all right, so I think we've kind of touched on this in a couple different ways, but I'm going to ask it because you know what? Chat put it out there. Uh which Planeswalkers would you like to see do a major cameo in a short story? Uh maybe let's start <laughs> let's go with a little twist and say a planeswalker you have not talked about yet uh we'll start with you Shannon.
2: Uh, you know will i i love rowan she is definitely my favorite of the twins but i feel like we don't spend enough time with will because she is such a more dominant personality that it's mm-hmm. harder to get a grasp on him and i'd like to see him have some time to really get that focus i'd also really like to see us spend more time with narset you know, she is super important to a lot of people and she's not getting a huge amount of spotlight. So it would be good to spend more time with her.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Kira. Uh,
1: nurse, it's a really good answer. Um, I was going to say Elspeth who has been uh, probably filling out the top three of my favorite planeswalkers for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'd be, I'm. we don't really know what she's been up to since the whole Theros thing. So I think it would be pretty dope to see what she's been doing.
0: All right, great. Uh, Next question uh, is an interesting one. Let's see. Um, Can you stump us <laughs> No, do you keep in touch with other magic authors? Uh, we'll start with you, Kira. <laughs>
1: Uh, well Sean and I have been uh, talking pretty much uh, once we realized that we could break like we could talk to each other about NDA stuff uh, because mm-hmm. <laughs> this NDA guys it's it truly is like there are ninjas watching your every move it, it's intense um, so once we realized that we were both working on the project we've started talking a bit there uh, it really helps to have somebody to talk to about all of this because as wonderful as writing magic is the worst thing in the world is holding on onto it and not being able to tell all of your magic playing friends what's
0: going
2: on yep i had one person figure out that i had to be writing magic and caused me a massive panic attack uh, because she came to my house i had cards all over the dining room table which is not normal because the cats will knock them over and she Mm -hmm. looked at the cards and went why do you have all of your magic cards out we're not playing right oh my god wizards hired you but wait no why would they hire you Eldrain was last year they would have hired you for Eldrain because you're a foe. no they hired mira we're going back to innistrad that's what you're doing and i'm just going how how did you i didn't say a word and you did that in less than 90 seconds and i'm gonna get fired if you go put that on twitter so please don't You know so um i i finally leaned on our mutual lore master until she told me who i was who was going to be doing some of the stuff around what i was doing and and Mm -hmm. then pretty much uh messaged kira to go hey are you working on a project that has a code name that exists in this specific part of the dictionary (laughs) and and kira was like i recognize someone fighting through the woods of the nda trying to avoid a possible violation (laughs) why yes i am and then we just started screaming at each other in all caps like if i scroll back to that part of our conversation (laughs) i think the first two days is just all caps all caps and the occasional vague the occasional vague threat if you hurt the wrong character uh, or not so vague (laughs) and uh, they're just yelling because we, we have no one else to yell at
0: yeah now did you two know each other before this project
1: Uh, So I wanted to touch back on something Shannon said earlier, which I I don't think you've heard this story, but uh, Shannon actually blurbed my first book, uh, The Tiger's Daughter, uh, and that made my whole day. And the story here is that I remember distinctly when I got the email with the blurb, because we were walking back from doing the groceries, I was checking my phone, and I walked right into a crosswalk. (laughs) while the traffic was going because i was just so happy i was like so distracted by it and like charlie one of my partners had to just like yank me back and was like are you okay what's going on and i was like shauna mcguire just blurred my book i'm losing my mind <laughs> so uh yeah uh you could say i'm familiar with shauna's work <laughs>
2: we're not supposed to kill other authors that's not how you know <laughs>
1: Well, if there's no other authors, then you get it by default, right?
2: Wait, is that how this Fair. works? <laughs> I have a really big swamp for body disposal. You should come over, I cook well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, the, that question took a dark turn. All right, uh, <laughs> next up. <laughs> another question, I don't really know what I'm asking but I'll ask it, because it seems genuine, uh, for Shannon, If Tyvar was a pony, what would his cutie mark be?
2: Well, if Tyvar was a pony, because you are asking me, Tyvar would be a Generation 1 pony, where we did not call them cutie marks, because that's a Generation 4 add-on. It would just be a symbol, and Tyvar's symbol would straight up be the Kaldheim set emblem, Because Tyvar does everything for the greater glory of the Elves of Kaldheim. And they don't have a standalone symbol. And he would be an Earth Pony because he is an Elf.
0: All right. Fair enough. Uh, We are nearly out of questions. I have one more. So, chat, if you have any more questions for either or both of the authors, uh, put them in chat now. And if not, we'll end up ending the stream. But uh, here is... A uh one last question. So I, I will add, I'm gonna ask this question, uh, but neither Kira nor Shannon have advanced knowledge of uh things in Magic Story that they're not working on. So this will be more a kind of would you like to see it, I suppose. Um so Kira, we'll start with you. Do you think that we will ever see an Aetherborn planeswalker? If so, what would ignite their spark?
2: You know
1: that's a really good question. Um I like the Aetherborn. Um I'm not sure what exactly would ignite. I mean, I think it would be a really cool thing to explore. I'd love to be in the room developing that, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly where I would go with it off the top of my head. But it's something I would dig seeing for sure.
0: All right. Shaman? You know,
2: given that they don't live very long and they tend to go for that whole, we want to have a nice time while we're here, but they do live in families. I think if you wanted to have an ignition, you just want to find a way to wipe out an entire family of Aetherborn and leave one behind. And that would be a traumatic enough moment to cause an ignition. But again, Tyvar's my favorite because he doesn't have trauma. Maybe the ignition point really is just straight up I want to go and see more things. I want to have more enjoyment. So I'm going to ignite so that I can go on the dumplings tour of the multiverse. And you've just got someone planeswalking from shopping zone to shopping zone so they can try all of the different variations of ramen across all the planes. That would be a character I would like to... (laughs)
1: I think um, feeding off of that too uh, anxiety over death would be a cool way to go with that as well where it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. a trauma but just something that they don't want to die necessarily um, and they want to see as much as they can before that and just like the horror of the idea of death. I think that would be very relatable for a lot of people who are terrified of death not at all like me.
2: So we've just gone to the existential crisis as Planeswalker Ignition, and I think that would be a lot of fun.
0: All right. Uh, we got some more questions in chat, so we're gonna keep going. Um, okay. Sean, we'll start with you. What is your favorite magic plane besides Innistrad?
2: <laughs> I, I, I like the laughter if we've all just figured out what her answer will consistently be to things, but actually it's Eldraine. So mm-hmm. I went to the University of California, Berkeley, go bears for a degree in folklore and mythology. Um, I am straight up a folklorist. I study fairy tales for money. Uh, that is what my degree is in, is fairy tales, myth and folklore of that particular part of Europe that generated the March Hen and that entire tradition that Eldrain is built off of. So the idea of building a plane where that is the underpinning concept behind reality is just delightful. You know, my brother can't understand why I am not more Kaldheim is the place to be because of everything. Um, Innistrad matches up well with a bunch of books I've written and some of my favorite sets are there. And uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed a lot of planes, but I've got to go with Eldraine.
0: All right. Kira.
1: Uh, for me, it's Theros. Easy. Uh i was a classics minor in college when i wasn't reading gothics i was talking about greek myth and all of the related subjects uh so i mean it's just rad (laughs) um being able to see the gods and the whole mechanic of enchantment creatures it's so cool and Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean i would just hang around on theros sit by the beach have myself some wine kick it it'd be fine (laughs) it's very different from living on innistrad (laughs)
0: all right less screaming uh much less <laughs> we'll start with sean for this next question if you could bring back any old card from say pre onslaught what would you bring back
2: i would bring back any card that caused a bee to not have just come to say hello to me please, <laughs> <say> <laughs> please go away bee. <laughs> Um,
1: old card from pre-Onslaught. Um, I'm not sure if we're talking about, like, reprinting there, or if we're talking about, like, bringing a character back in. Um, I mean, I I feel like that's tricky, because we've gotten a lot of really cool cards revisiting older planes and
0: Mm -hmm. older
1: stuff recently with Dominaria and with Commander Legends. Um, so, for instance, we just got another Jessica card, which I think is sick. So... I would say right now I'm in the wait and see boat because we've got Brothers War coming up, and mm-hmm. it feels like we're going to get a lot of really cool stuff in that.
0: Maybe that set comes out on my birthday. It's a it's a little present to me.
2: Aww. Nice, happy and, birthday! Uh,
0: thank you. Um, all right, the weirdest deck archetype you've ever played, <laughs> Kira, will stick with you for a sec.
1: Samurai Wizard Tribal. <laughs> um
2: explain
1: so uh it's a samurai wizard tribal commander deck with marquesa grixis marquesa as the uh commander there and the whole thing is it's based off a tabletop rpg uh campaign that i was in uh but it's all samurai and all wizards and it's um, nothing else. I've got a couple of cards in there that are meant to make all samurai wizards and make all wizards samurai, etc. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Samurai Wizard Tribal is probably the winner for me there.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. My-
2: Mine is literally no longer possible because, again, we got rid of the walk mechanics, but I used to run Children of the Corn where it was just straight <laughs> up everything with forest. Yeah everything with forest walk that i could shove in there and every blonde card i could find and so i would just be sitting there laying down cards and look over and i've got 20 weird blondes with forest walk coming at you and uh, that only worked if i was playing multiplayer with at least one opponent who played green because i could not do jack if you didn't play green Um, but children of the corn was just joy all so right.
1: do you like Flesh Taker and Midnight Hunt? Like that art? Because that feels very children oh, of the Oh, Flesh tonight.
2: Taker makes me so happy. I pulled the signed <laughs> yeah. art card for Flesh Taker and did a little dance. Oh nice. It was like I had gotten a planeswalker level of this is exciting.
0: <laughs> All right, next question. Uh it says, more for Kira, but Shannon might have an interesting take. Uh if you wanted to take Chandra on a first date, where would you take her to really impress her?
1: oh man that that's a really good question um i feel like with chandra the experience is more important than necessarily like what you're doing um so i feel like vibe counts for a lot there um i think i would go do something that terrifies me um yeah i mean i feel like i would i would go man Like, I'm just trying to think now, like, where would I take Chandra Nalar on a date? There's so much to go through. Um, You know, like, those adult day camp situations where you've got, like, all the rafting and stuff like that? I feel like that Mm -hmm. sort of thing would be really cool. Um, Either that or one of the uh, escape the room's. We have a few in New York that are like, there's a bomb and it's full of paint. And if you don't solve it in time, then the paint's going to explode all over you. Uh, so I feel like that would be a fun situation too. But anything where we could get to know each other, have fun in a kind of like a higher tension situation and where we're both kind of challenging ourselves, I think that's the way to go.
0: All right. Shannon.
2: There is an absolutely fantastic, uh, or was pre Panini, I don't know if it's gonna come back, but there's an absolutely fantastic haunted experience in central New Jersey called the Field of Screams that has seven interlinked haunted houses. You've been to the Field of Screams! Oh my gosh! I've heard of it. Seven interlinked haunted houses, (laughs) a gigantic corn maze a second gigantic corn maze where they have the zombie paintball and then a haunted hayride where zombies actually try to drag you off the hayride into the barn full of giant spiders and uh, it probably would not impress chandra at all but i might get to see her burn down a barn full of giant spiders when she got freaked out by the teenagers dressed like zombies so i'm going for maximum chaos and uh, and that's good
1: chandra are are you like Shannon, are you like trying to get people to go to corn mazes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are so you just trying to trick are... us all into a corn maze?
0: Neither of you are watching chat, I mean... but there's a whole string of comments right now where they are asking for a, a legendary creature card in the future p- to be named Shannon Mother of the Corn. It's good. <laughs>
1: i support it <laughs>
0: <laughs> bring back forest walk
2: just for that bring back forest walk just for that cannot be blocked if you control a forest
0: i'll i'll, I'll talk to some people we'll see what we can make happen
2: the terrible plan they
0: they have all jumped on this name they think it's a wonderful name so there you go Shannon mother oh chat the yeah yeah i'm in favor. all right <laughs> all right we have about a four minutes left let's go with um all right which planeswalker leaves a good tip at a restaurant and which one doesn't leave any tip kira uh (laughs) this is a very good
1: question um i'm gonna go ahead and probably start some wars i'm gonna say that jace doesn't tip like I it's just something I feel in my heart. He's the guy who's arguing about how he shouldn't have to tip because society should change such that there's no need to tip. And so he doesn't want to buy into the system of tipping. And if everybody else doesn't want to, you know, people have to buy in and follow him, or there's going to be nothing on that. Um, I think Liliana leaves surprisingly good tips uh, because I feel like uh, people tend to forget that she was a healer beforehand, and I feel like she's a very extravagant person and likes flaunting that extravagance. So it feels like she might leave really good tips.
2: Yep. Uh, Kira kind of stole my doesn't tip answer because (laughs) Jace does not tip. He doesn't. I'm going to say also, Ren probably doesn't tip because she has no comprehension of the system of commerce. And going back to the drum that I just like to beat, Tyvar would tip remarkably well because he doesn't really understand that money has value. Why would it? Everything can be gold if he just wants it to. So, here, thank you for my coffee. Here is a five pound piece of gold. I will leave now. <laughs> Um, and he, Another. he would upset local Yeah, he would just upset local Economies is what Tyvar would do The economists are chasing him down Just being like, please stop tipping our staff. They are all billionaires now You need to chill Why will you not chill? God, do you ever chill,
0: please <laughs> Okay, we're going to end it on that question <laughs> This has been amazing Um <laughs> This has been Uh, amazing. Chad is loving all of your answers. Uh, Great questions. Great answers. Um, This was really fun. Reminder that if you want to read specifically the magic fiction by these two amazing authors, uh, both of them are available. There you go. Right at the bottom. Producer Sean right on top of it. Magic.wizards.com slash story. So the main episodes you'll see are written by K. Arsenal Rivera. And then two of the side stories, the second of which comes out tomorrow, are written by Sean and Maguire. Uh the first one was the first or no, I'm forgetting the first or second episode. It's the one with Ren and Seven and Teferi. Um all of them are really fun reads. Definitely go check them out. Um otherwise, if you want to learn more about either author, you can see they this this side. This side, yes, their their Twitch handles right by their names, um, or go back and watch the beginning of the stream where they talked about all the amazing things they've written in the past. So, uh, thank you to so much for joining us and for answering all the weird and wacky questions that chat had. It was fantastic <laughs> and really fun. Uh, and then Weekly MTG will be back next week, so we'll see you then.